All right, so for, for the people who don't know who you are, why don't you introduce yourself and uh, talk a little about uh, the book that you wrote not too, not too long ago. Sure. Um, my name is Brennan Keogh. I'm a freelance video game critic and journalist, and I'm also a PhD student at RMIT University in Melbourne, and I study video game criticism, so trying to figure out how to do what I do normally academically as well. And I wrote a book, Killing is Harmless, late last year about the game Spec Ops the Line. Um, I really just wrote it, well, it, it's a critical analysis of the game from start to finish. So when I was playing the game, I felt like it was actually trying to say something, which is something not many AAA games do. They try to be fun, they try to be enjoyable, they don't actually have a voice that is saying something. It's really hard to find that in a AAA game. And I found that really exciting about Spec Ops, whether or not it succeeded at doing that. So I wanted to look at every single moment and how it was contributing to that voice. Like, every single little thing in it, and it's like, this is contributing to what it's trying to say. Um, and the only way I could think of to do that was to write out all of them. And I did that, and it got to 50,000 words, and I'm like, nowhere's going to accept this as an article, so I guess I've written a book. <laughs> that was that. So I have a friend, Daniel Purvis, who does illustrations and design for places like Killscreen and Hyper, and he's Australian as well, so I emailed him, like, do you want to help me publish a book? So we did that, and then a lot of, well, more people than I expected bought it, and um, I think we're up to about 15, 1,600 sales now, which is staggering to me. And yeah, people clearly really like reading long-form game criticism. Do you do you find that you know having written the book and analyzed the game, you know, to such a detail? Does, does it make it weird when you play other games? Do you fun, suddenly find yourself looking at them in a way that you didn't before because you spent this much time breaking down one single game? Um, I think that was actually probably something that happened before Killing is Harmless, like trying to write criticism more, like do less journalism and more criticism. I don't know what that means, but trying to do that. Um, meant I was starting to really look at everything in every game a lot more and how it was making me feel the things it was making me feel or how it was doing what I was trying to do and trying to find words for that. So I think that happened and then because that happened I ended up writing a book about one of them as opposed to the other way around so yeah um, did you ever hear anything from the developers like I mean you know it's this is a very unprecedented thing so I have to imagine it probably got back to them at some point yeah um, so we did a pay what you want model and someone in Germany paid 50 bucks for it um, for like a free dollar ebook so I'm pretty sure that's someone at Jaeger uh, or just some really nice person um, but yeah, Walt Williams has spoken to me on Twitter, and I've lost his name, Corey Davis. Yeah, I, th- I think yeah, that's yeah. right. Um, both like both narrative people, and they're um, more than anything excited that someone thought their game was interesting enough to write a book about, um, which I guess would be a pretty flattering. I'd be flattered if someone did that. Um, <laughs> I'm flattered that people want to talk to me about the book I wrote, so I guess I understand that. So yeah, I think. There's weird tensions between critics and developers. Well, there's, there's tensions between critics and artists in any medium. But I think it's especially wide in games because we still don't really know what video game criticism is. It's still kind of coming up. So developers don't often know what to get from criticism. So I was kind of worried they wouldn't like it. They'd be like, what? He doesn't get it at all. Um, but they seem to really like it, which probably just means I agree with them with what it means. Um, but I want to talk to Walt Williams at GDC he, while he's here and actually ask what he thinks of it. Did you find that you know when you were analyzing the game that, as you started realizing you were you were writing this very long form uh, critical analysis of the game that at times you felt like you were reaching for reasons or things that were there that maybe weren't there but you needed to find things that fit this idea that you were tracking 
each, you know, lots of elements in the game having a purpose fitting, fitting sort of a larger narrative. Yeah. I think that absolutely happened. Um, so writing this, we weren't sure how well it was going to sell or anything, so we are just like, let's just put it out there and see what happens, which means there was very little editing done except my own proofreading that. So if I was writing for a site, there are paragraphs in there, and editor would have just gone, no, and just put a line through. And as a writer, that's great because you can work with the confidence that an editor is going to be your safety net. They'll make sure no one sees the stupid things you said. Um, but I didn't have that for Killing is Harmless, so there's a few paragraphs in there that are ridiculously stupid, but I didn't have an editor to tell me. So... While I was writing it, it was real train of thought stuff, just um, just writing and writing and writing and just trying to get it out. So every now and then, I guess, I was just kind of like thinking out loud about the game. So there's like a paragraph in there, I was about Martin Walker, the main character, and I realised his initials were MW, and like the W is like the M inverted, so it's all like duality of man stuff. And I read it now, and everyone's giving me shit for it, and I'm like, oh, I can't believe I wrote that. Well, I can't believe I wrote it, but it would have, an editor would be like, no, get rid of that. <laughs> so yeah, so that's definitely a problem. Um, and it was something I was really concerned about writing it too. Like, am I thinking? Am I like overanalyzing? Yeah. It? Am I de- just desperately trying to find something in here? But I listened to enough podcasts and interviews with a developer. It was like, I'm very confident the game was trying to say something, and I was just interested in what it was doing to try to say that. But yeah, there were definitely moments where I went too far. Um, absolutely. So, so was it just that this game felt like something had had something to say? Thus, it was uh, a good. Uh, subject to, to be analyzed, or was there something about what he was trying to say that you thought was interesting and could sustain your interest in sort of breaking that down? Yeah. Well, I thought what I was trying to say was interesting. Um, I guess the fact he was trying to say anything was the reason it was interesting <laughs> enough to write a book about, because, yeah, AAA games don't do that. I think I end up comparing it to Bastion a lot, because that game had such a clear voice, like, this is clearly what we're trying to say, and everything aesthetically, mechanically, was contributing to that thing it wanted to say. And that was a team of, like, less than 10 people I can't remember the exact number right. so that's easy but this is a triple A game how do you do that so it was just a fact it was trying to say something but then what it was trying to say really spoke to me because I'm someone who enjoys a lot of military shooters and hates the fact that I enjoy military shooters um, there are so many good reasons to not like them and they're just unethical they give money to gun manufacturers a whole military entertainment complex there's so many good reasons but I play them and I enjoy them and I'm like well I'd rather understand why why I enjoy them than just pretend I don't and not critically analyze them at all. So what Spec Ops was trying to say when it was trying to kind of just poke at that genre and trying to complicate it to see this is fun but it's also problematic, which is kind of the whole thing. Like, you want to keep doing this, but you know this is terrible. So I think it really resonated with me as someone who already felt torn about military shooters. Um, yeah, it pretty much said exactly what I wanted a game to say to me, I guess, so... It was a perfect storm of things that made me want to write about it. Do you, do you feel any better? Do you feel worse having done the analysis? And has, has it changed, you know, how you feel about your enjoyment of those types of games? Um, a little bit. I find it a lot harder now to enjoy a game that's totally uncritical about the violence it represents. Like, I don't think I can believe any good guy, quote-unquote, would kill that many people in a game now. So I think from now on, I want my shooters to acknowledge that anyone killing that many people has to be a terrible person. So, more recently, I only just played Max Payne 3 a week or so ago, and it's got other issues, but I like the fact that Max was clearly a terrible person in so many ways. Like, it didn't make it more or less realistic, but the fact he did these things meant he had to be a terrible person to do that. So I liked that, but then games like Medal of Honor, where you're American, therefore you're the good guy, 
just made me cringe because I'm like, that's too simple. Like, you can't pretend that's not deaf that's being represented here. So I still like shooters. I don't think it's as simple as the game is saying shooters are evil, so don't play shooters. I think that's far too simple. Like, you can't say that because that would be hypocritical. It's just saying these are complicated. Let's try to be more critical about this thing we're enjoying. If we want to take it seriously as an art form, then we need to acknowledge the bad things as well as the good things. So, yeah, it's made me more critical and be more, apply more scrutiny to shooters when I play them. But I still enjoy shooters. I just kind of feel more confident of why I also feel very uneasy about enjoying them. What is it about them that you enjoy and what about the experience of writing about that and exploring that gave you a better, like what better understanding did you find about what you enjoy about sort of the gameplay loop of these games uh, that speaks to you? I think it's um, it's something most people just listen to me say this and go, why? But I think games like, especially the Modern Warfare series, that do something really well, they're really well-crafted linear cinematic games. Like, they want you to feel like an actor, you've been handed a script, do this, follow these instructions, and this cool Hollywood movie will happen. And a lot of people don't want their games to be cinematic, they just want to be games first, and I totally get that. But I just, like, can just, like, you know, go into it, go, right, I am this character. If I play along, this cool action movie will play out because I did something in it. And the Uncharted series is similar as well. Like, if you do what you're told, you'll have a great experience. They're not, about, they're not games about being in charge. They're games about just being an actor in the middle of a scene. Um, but the content of the military kind of jingoism of that, I don't like. So the content I dislike, but the form, the kind of skeleton of those shooters, I find fascinating. And if someone used that skeleton to kind of put a more interesting body around it that wasn't steeped in military garbage, <laughs> that would be incredible. So I mean, it's purely, yeah, I like the storytelling of those games, but not the stories. It's pretty much it. What surprised you about the, the reaction? Because obviously, you know, not only did the game prompt a reaction, but that it prompted someone to write 50,000 words about it, I think, prompted its own reaction. So when you started to see the conversations coming about as a result of what you put out there, like, what did you find interesting and surprising about the conversations people were having about your own work? It's interesting. Um, I guess firstly, the interesting, I think the most interesting conversation to me that was happening was people started to speak about video game criticism as opposed to video game journalism. Um, because there is a whole blogosphere out there, and you link to most of them often, and critical distance links to them, of people trying to do criticism, several journalism, where they take a game as played and try to critically analyse or find a vocabulary for what just happened and this is how it felt to play this game, this is what it means. Um, so it's really interesting and exciting to me to see a lot of outlets report on it as video game criticism and as a moment in video game criticism maybe finding its feet slightly separate from video game journalism. Um, so that was a really exciting um, conversation that started to happen around it. Another one which I didn't originally think of, but someone mentioned in the review at medium difficulty of a book. The book got reviewed. It was reviews of a book about a game. It was, it was weird. <laughs> um, but they mentioned, they noted the fact that a lot of outlets were mentioning how many words it was. In fact, it was 50,000 words. And... But it's something strange to quantify that. You wouldn't normally talk about how many words a book is or just the simple, the simple fact that something is long isn't something that's worth commenting on usually. Right. But in video games, I guess it is just because it hasn't been done before. And it was partly me who made the initial 50,000-word comment on Twitter or something, so everyone just kept saying that. Um, but yeah, it's interesting that 
the pure quantifiable length matters almost as much as the content. Like, just the fact that it's a big piece of writing seems really interesting to a lot of people. I think it got people excited just it's like if if a piece of, you know, a game could inspire someone to write that much, almost regardless of whether it's good or interesting, uh, that in it in itself that you are a sane person and then wrote 50,000 words about it and then wanted to share it, that like sort of on its face, I think, grabs people's attention because it just doesn't happen very often. Yeah, totally. And throughout other long-form writers who aren't quite that long-form, there's Tim Rogers writes his massive, massive, amazing pieces, which annoy a lot of people because a lot of it isn't about the game and a bit is. But all the stuff that's not about the game really sets up for one part that is. Um, I guess sometimes you see, you see amazing NeoGAF posts or something where someone will just write a ridiculously massive thing about Ico or some obscure JRPG. Um, but yeah, I guess very few people have actually gone and go, right, this is a book, this isn't just a post on a blog that massive, it's separate from the internet, it's a thing you buy and it's almost a material object now being a PDF that's offline because you read it on your tablet. Um, so yeah, the fact it was a kind of published thing just... Yeah, I guess people probably see it as an important moment in the maturing of video games as an art form. I feel like really arrogant saying that, but because <laughs> um, I think people are going to do what I did with that a lot better. But I guess but fact, someone someone had to do it first. Yeah, I guess so. So the fact that it's been done once now, I know plenty of other critics who actually have been just half jokingly, half seriously going, "I could write a book about this game or something," and that would be great to see. Just more serious, contemplative, critical analysis of games just helps the whole art form mature. So. Cool. Well, thanks for your time. No worries.